You are now listening to Gracie Guad's podcast. It is special because it only has one episode. Welcome, everyone. My name is Gracie Guad's, and I'm here with my friend Chris McGuire. And today we're going to be discussing why Gen Z is the most powerful generation. All right, so let's go ahead and describe Gen Z. Where are the years of it? So, Generation Z are people born between 1997 and 2012, which means these people are currently between 8 and 23 years old. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is how Generation Z was born into a lot of issues caused by previous generations, and that's just what we grew up being a part of, and that's why I think Generation Z as a whole is more concerned and like invested in political issues and not even political issues like science issues systematic racism a lot of things that really concern us as we're growing up because that's what's going to affect us when we are adults absolutely not to mention all of these problems that we were born into kind of made us disregard authority you know it's like we were taught all these problems we were taught like Here's what's going on in the climate change. You know, it's raising by hundreds amounts every year. Yeah. Sea levels uh, are rising inches. Yeah, um, every year. Greenhouse gases are blowing up right now. And people are refusing to believe that. The people Not in only power that. aren't accepting that, but we have to accept it because that's what we are going to be facing when we're grown up. And that right there is just kind of leading us to kind of just discuss it with our peers and find out that we're taught all of this in school. And then when we go out into the real world and we're faced with it, now we have to deal with it. Caused by the people, the same people who taught us it. The same and that people right who there, are in charge. Exactly. And that right there just kind of makes us question, why should we follow this? Why should we, you know, follow the authority that caused this and taught us this? If they won't even do anything about it or acknowledge it. We won't accept the things that we are taught. And I think that's something that really stands out about us as a generation is we don't, we don't fear authority. We don't fear the people in charge and we're willing to question everything we were taught. Like we don't accept what we've learned if it's something we don't agree with. We've learned to have our own own opinions and we can form our own morals and political, not political. We can form our own morals and moral compass that's what i meant to say because we we don't just agree with what we were taught so when you mix this disregard for authority with how we were born into and raised by technology you get a really really powerful social media app called tiktok which is the largest social media platform on the market to date now with that you also get big influencers like claudia conway yeah claudia conway is Kellyanne Conway's daughter who works for Donald Trump and Claudia's family works for Trump, but she uses her platform to speak out about certain issues. And she basically just goes against everything that her family believes in, which I think is really powerful because she has a large following and a lot of people who watch her content and watch her videos. And she uses that power to talk about things that need to be discussed, like racism, disregard for science, climate change, COVID. Like they talk about her on Fox News. I've seen a lot of people going against what their parents believe and what they were taught by their parents. If their parents have like certain views on certain issues, I know a lot of people who don't accept that. Like I have a lot of friends whose parents may have like racist ideals or 
and support Trump and they don't go along with that. I think the LGBT community is the most accepted it's ever been. If you look at Gen X or boomers, like that wasn't as widely accepted, especially before gay marriage was legal. And even when gay marriage wasn't legal, it was really just frowned upon. Like it was not accepted in our society. And I think something else that's really stood out to me is I've seen a lot of people putting their pronouns in their social media bios. And even like at school, teachers' signatures at the end of their emails have their pronouns. And I think that makes it a really accepting environment. For example, if you have a trans person who wants to put their pronouns out there because that's what they want to be referred to as, if they put their pronouns in their bio, it's not as strange or different. Because if you have these cis people putting their pronouns in their bio and letting everyone know their pronouns, it's not as different if you have a trans person doing that. And I think that creates a really accepting environment Absolutely. for everyone. Yeah. And when you have that environment, suddenly you have this big generation that's A, not afraid of authority, B, knows they can make a change. So we just kind of put it all into action. I think the perfect model of this is looking at the Tulsa, Oklahoma Trump rally. And the way this all started, the background context of this is there's an influencer on TikTok who suggested the idea of reserving seats for the Trump rally and just not showing up. So now you have Generation Z just looking at that and suddenly everyone's signing up to reserve a seat. And, and it's virtually empty. It, there were 6,200 people roughly who actually attended the rally. That widely inflated number really hyped up the Trump administration. They were pushing that, they were very proud of it. Then when they were hit with that all of a sudden 6,200 person outcome, that sent our own president into a depression. We really got our message across and- After we did that, you saw the fallout. Trump suddenly pivoted and use TikTok against people. He said, we should ban it because it it's, steals information. He said, it's an app made by China that's stealing our information. When he's disregarding all the other apps, what are the other apps made by? So before I even say that, he does have a very small point in that, in that yes, it was created by China. Yes, it does take information to personalize ads for you. However, he completely neglects to face the reality of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and YouTube have all been proven to steal far more personal information for, quote, personal ads that they sell to different organizations. And what did Facebook get but a slap on the wrist and a couple of million dollar fine? Yeah, they see TikTok as different because... The majority of users on TikTok are Gen Z people, and we use that to come together. And it's just a very powerful thing. And the Trump rally is a good example. And I think our authority fears that concept of all of, all of us coming together and trying to make a difference. And that's why the government was trying to ban TikTok. It, I, it doesn't have anything to do with China stealing our data, because if that were the case... They would ban Twitter, Facebook, etc. That's not what it is at it's all. It's more of a scare tactic. Yeah. Because Facebook and all of those social media programs are created in the United States. However, TikTok is one of the only big ones that was created 
offshore. So now we're all of a sudden using that as a scare tactic, and it's a very flimsy uh, support. Yeah, that's their excuse, but I think our government just really fears how powerful we are because we aren't just accepting what our government and what our leaders are doing. And furthermore, the reason why we haven't gone through with the action to ban TikTok is because they know that TikTok is not our saving grace. They know that we just communicate through word. And so when that happens, you get a big example like the Black Lives Matter protests where hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people across the nation, even na uh, globally, come together for this one uh, kind of central idea. And we suddenly make this huge push for change. And they fear that. And what's even scarier for them is they know we don't fear authority. Nonetheless, we don't fear getting in trouble. We don't. I mean, the, the people who show up to the Black Lives Matter protests, a very large demographic of them are Generation Z, but even more so, they are young. They are 16 to 18. They go into those protests not fearing what could come out of them. They just go there thinking, I need to get my voice heard, and they don't fear the repercussions of standing up for that. And I think that's what people are afraid of because previously, kids were taught, you're a kid, your voice doesn't matter, you're too young to care about this, your voice is not going to be heard, but we just don't accept that idea. We go to these protests, we speak out, we do all these things because we know our voice is relevant in society. And previous generations, they were taught that that doesn't matter what we have to say. We have found out by ourselves that, sure, our one voice doesn't entirely matter. But when you get an entire generation to speak the same sentence... That's extremely powerful. That is the same as one congressman voting no. Exactly. With all that said... I think we can agree that Gen Z is the most powerful generation we've seen for all the reasons that we've listed. Furthermore, I think it's this idea that we have this one community that is actively fighting for change that will come into play later in our lives. We don't demand change right this minute. On some topics, yes, it is prominent in time. However, in most things that Generation Z fights for, it's for those things that actually will help benefit us when our lives matter the most. And with all that said, that concludes our first and only episode of this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed.